0: Well, this morning we want to spend a few moments with one of the stories out of the life of Jesus. It's found in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 21. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the Word of God. And we'll remain standing as we sing the next song. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even orders the evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. May God bless the reading of His Word. I really do love to uh, read and discuss the stories about the life and ministry of Jesus. And some of the stories in the life of Jesus uh, are so well known that they really are known even by people that don't read their Bibles much. They just kind of have, have gotten over into our culture, and everybody kind of knows that story, if not all the details. However, there are other stories that are more obscure, stories even those of us who do read our Bibles regularly kind of forget that they're there. Well, this is one of those stories Now, there's a couple of reasons, perhaps, why this story kind of slides into the background and we don't look at it very often. One reason, perhaps, is that because uh, it's a story that has to do with casting out a demon. And that kind of makes us a little nervous, doesn't it? We don't quite know what to do with those stories. We kind of understand what the purpose of them are, but the whole idea of demon and demon possession and unclean spirits and the fact that there seem to be so many unclean spirits around in Jesus' ministry, we kind of wrestle with that, and so some of those stories we just sort of push back into the background a little bit. And perhaps also if we do want to talk about Jesus' power to cast out demons, there's other stories that are a lot more fun, aren't they? Uh, Remember the story of the guy that ran around naked in the cemetery, and he was possessed by legions of demons, and Jesus came and cast those demons out and put them into a whole herd of pigs, and the pigs ran over the cliff? Now, that's a story, isn't it? And that that one's kind of fun to study and to talk about. So this little story, tucked away here in the first chapter of Mark, sometimes we just kind of let it slide by. But today we want to give it its due because Mark felt like it was significant to put it in there. The Holy Spirit has preserved it for us. So let's listen to it and see what it is from this story that we can learn. Well, if we spend a few moments with the story, read over it a few times, one of the first things that it becomes obvious is that this story is really not about uh, casting out a demon. That is not the main point of this story, nor is the main point the, the idea that Jesus has the power to cast out demons. The primary focus of this story is the authority of Jesus. That word pops up a couple of times, and as we'll look at here in a moment, as we uh, get into the, uh, the whole lesson here that really the whole section of Mark that this story is found in is about the authority of Jesus. Jesus goes into Capernaum. Capernaum is the town that he moved to as an adult. Grew up in Nazareth, but when he was an adult, he lived in Capernaum. And so he went to Capernaum, he went to the synagogue, and he began teaching. Now, Mark does not tell us what it was that he was teaching. However, If we cheat a little bit and go back to Matthew and look at Matthew's story and look at the same point of Jesus' life as this is, right after he had gone out and called the fishermen to come follow him, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Matthew does tell us what Jesus was teaching at that period of his life. Does anyone know what that is? Well, I'll give you a hint. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. Now does anyone know what he was teaching? The Sermon on the Mount. He was teaching things such as, you guys say that it's wrong to kill someone. You know that you are not supposed to commit murder. But I tell you that you're not even supposed to hate anyone. You're not supposed to be angry with people. And if you hate and if you are angry, you are in danger of the fires of hell. He goes on to say, You know that it's wrong to commit adultery. But I'm telling you, you don't need to be walking around looking lustfully at all the women. That's wrong too. He goes on to say, You think that it's good to love your friends, but okay to hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who don't like you, for those who abuse you. Lift them up before God. Now, as we said, we don't know that this is what he is teaching there in that synagogue, but it's a sample of his teaching. And so we can certainly see perhaps why... As he began teaching these things, the people kind of backed off and said, this is different. And one of the things that they noticed was different was that Jesus spoke with authority. Now, what is authority? What does that mean to speak with authority? Well, the definition of authority is the right to control or command. And it is a right that is delegated or given By others. Now, authority is different from power. Power is the ability to do something, authority is the right to do it. Now, if we bring in the Greek language, which you knew I was going to do that, didn't you? (laughs) Exousia is a word that every time it's used in the New Testament, it only refers to another person, it refers to people. It is something given to people. And what is it? Once again, it is the right for someone by virtue of the position they are in to be able to issue commands and to be able to control. That's authority. Let me give you an example of authority. Not that this has ever happened to me. But suppose somebody was driving down the, the street here in San Angelo and happened to glance in his rearview mirror and notice red and blue lights going like this, all right? Again, I I don't know this, but anyway. Anyway, you you pull over to the side, and here this guy walks up to you in his uniform, and he says, sir, do you know how fast you were going? And I say, or someone says, (laughs) I have no idea how fast I was going. I was just driving down the street. Well, sir, you were going 10 miles over the speed limit. And he pulls his little ticket book out and he writes it. He has the authority to do that. Why does he have the authority? Because our government has given him that authority to enforce traffic laws. And I submit to that authority. I don't force him to force it on me. He's got a gun strapped to his hip, and if I push the point, he might have the power to give me that ticket too. (laughs) But I don't want to go there because I know he has the right to do that. He has the authority to do it. Authority is given by a higher entity, but it is recognized by those who are below and those who accept that authority. Jesus teaches with authority. He has the right to say what he is saying. And some way in that synagogue, the people understood that. They realized he has the right to tell us these things. But to make that point more fully, there is a man in that synagogue congregation who has this unclean spirit. Now, not to get off track too much, but I find it interesting the way this story is told. It's not like they're having church and all of a sudden through the back door comes running in some screaming maniac, you know. This guy's in the synagogue. He's there. Maybe he's always been a little different from everyone else. Maybe the other people realized his problem was an unclean spirit. We don't know. But while Jesus is talking, suddenly this unclean spirit cries out to him and says, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Because that unclean spirit knows who he is. He says, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Does Jesus have the power to destroy that demon? Yes. But it's not his power he uses there. Rather, Jesus uses his authority and he commands that demon to leave that man. And the demon does. And once again, the people say, What is this? He teaches with authority and he has so much authority, even the demons obey him. Jesus did not force that demon out of that man, he commanded the demon out of the man and the demon knew that Jesus had the authority to do so well that's the story what do we take away from it what do we learn by visiting this little story one is that we begin to realize that Jesus truly has been given authority by God himself authority is delegated it comes from even a higher power God himself gave Jesus the authority to issue commands. It all started there at his baptism when the heavens were ripped open and the Spirit of God descended upon him and said, This is my son whom I love, and I am well pleased with him. Right after that, then he goes out and begins teaching with authority. We also know at the end of the story... What are the last words that Jesus left his apostles with? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So therefore, here's what you're to do. Go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded. The authority of Jesus is a major point in our faith. When we make the good confession, as we talked about or read the scripture in Hebrews, where we are to offer the sacrifice of our praise, and what is that? Is to make that confession that Jesus is Lord. Whenever we say, Jesus is my Lord, We say he has the right to tell me what to do. And therefore, since God has given him that right to tell me what is right, what is wrong, what I need to do, then I will submit to that authority and will listen to him. But before we leave this story, I want to go back in and put it in its setting that Mark puts it in. Because authority of Jesus is such an important topic Mark really gives us five stories all together about the authority of Jesus. And if we look at all five of those stories, then we learn even more. The first story is what we mentioned a moment ago. Right after his baptism, after his temptation, Jesus is walking along beside the sea, and he sees four fishermen there, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And what does he do? Does he pull a gun on them and say, you guys have to come with me? No. Does he pull out his lightning bolts and zap them and say, okay, guys, you got to come with me? No. He commands them. He looks at them and says, follow me. And some way they recognized his authority and submitted to it. And they followed the second story is this story we've been working on, where Jesus shows that he has authority to teach and to preach, and also he has authority even over unclean spirits. The third story happens right after this one, where Jesus goes to the house of Peter. His mother in law is sick, Peter's mother in law. And Jesus shows that he has authority over illnesses. And then all the people bring their sick and they bring other people that have unclean spirits. And Jesus once again shows his authority. But after that, after that, the last two stories give us a little warning about authority. The next story after that is one morning Jesus gets up early, goes out to pray. Peter and the apostles are really ticked off by that. After all, they have got it all figured out what Jesus ought to be doing. So they go out to Jesus and say, what are you doing out here all by yourself? You are a celebrity. You need to be doing this. We've got your day already mapped out for you, and here you are. Question. Who's in control now? And that little story is given us as believers who often identify with uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John. Do we ever do that? Do we begin deciding what Jesus ought to be doing, what God ought to be doing, and how he should do it? Do we set up little tests for him in our lives? If God really loves me, this is going to happen. If God really cares, if there is a God, we can preface it by so many things. We set up these little tests because after all, we want to control him. We want to be able to point him in the directions we want him to go. We want him to take away the things in our lives we want him to take away. We want him to add the things to our lives that we want him to add. We're in charge. Mark tells us these stories. He says, why don't you back up a little bit? Who has the authority here? And then the last story really drives the point home. The last story is when Jesus is out, he meets a guy who has leprosy. And the leper wants him to heal him. And Jesus heals the man. But then he looks at him and says, okay, you're now healed. Here's what you're going to do. You go and show yourself to the priest Offer the sacrifices you're supposed to offer of thanksgiving. But mainly, the main thing I'm telling you to do, you don't tell a soul who did this for you. Now, don't get distracted. You might say, well, why would Jesus tell him that? There's lots of things we could talk about. That's not the point. Jesus told him sternly. It's not just, oh, by the way, look at me. Do not tell anyone who healed you. What does the man do? He goes out and tells everyone. Did that man respect the authority of Jesus? No. These stories are told to us to grab us and say, listen, do you believe in the authority of Jesus Christ? And are you submitting To his authority. Do you listen to what he has to say? Do you listen to what he has to say about what's good and what's evil? What's right and what's wrong? Do you listen to him when he tells you things like, don't worry about the things of this life. God will take care of you. Do we listen to him when he says, we're not to be angry. But we're to love those Who are angry with us. Do we respect the authority of Jesus? These stories bring us up short one more time. And say am I too busy trying to get him to do what I want him to do? Or am I so busy with my own life. That sometimes I listen. But most of the time. I'm pretty much going my own way. Jesus said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. And the question we ask ourselves is, do we submit to that authority and recognize him not just in word, but in reality, that Jesus is Lord? Let's stand and sing together.